But above all things, be true to yourself and in everything. Absolutely, unapologetically shameless. You are now tuning in to the Sincerely Shameless Podcast. Welcome back, family and friends, to the Sincerely Shameless Podcast. And I just want to say you have made it to the season finale of season two, Sincerely Shameless Podcast. It is your host and your best friend, Sarah J. So why do we call it the Sincerely Shameless Podcast? Well, because in life we encounter loud and silent expectations, fears, dreams, goals, visions, and just wanting to create happiness. However, whatever path we have taken, we we probably stepped on some toes. So we had to be shameless in that, but we were apologetic by using tools like forgiveness, love, grace, and mercy. And that led us to sincerity. So that is what cultivates and creates the Sincerely Shameless podcast. So if you're anything like myself, charge it to my head and not my heart. All right. So y'all had to write that one down. Okay. (laughs) So welcome back, y'all. What's up? We are just days away from Christmas, days away from New Year's, days away from our favorite memes, days away from seeing the post of things that people have accomplished, things that we didn't accomplish, resetting goals, vision boards, champagne parties, um, the whole nine, more masks, you know, more masks. We're getting more masks. Like, this is exciting. Um, it, it is an exciting time to be alive. Um, I know for myself, I keep thinking about the historians who are going to write about this and write about how families had to learn how to create happiness amongst one another without the busyness and without um, the sports and without, you know, different places to be and the the to-do list, you know. I really look forward to that. And um, I just want to say, I hope you've done your part to where you can speak to those after you and say, yeah, this, this was a, this was a thing, but this is the things that we were able to get accomplished, whether it be physical goals, mental goals, spiritual goals, emotional, financial, or relational goals. Um, but yes, it is an exciting time to be alive despite what it looked like. Okay. So, um, this episode is going to be a lot different. I am not um, going to stick to the normal script. And um, in fact, when I take a four-week break from the podcast, because I don't want to be an interruption to you guys during the holidays, I will be revamping what that looks like. So stick with me. We go in places. So this episode is titled, Started from the Bottom, Now We're Here. <laughs> Let me tell you where that came from. I, I Okay. Yes, Drake. Yes. All right. Fine. You caught me. However, I was on the treadmill and I had been running. It's probably on a 5.5 at a 2.4, 2.5 incline. And the song came on and I just saw the year literally just go by in a flash, like of everything from the excitement in January, from the birthday in February to learning that uncertainty was a real word outside of my household. And in April being told to stay home and May actually staying home. Um, In June, deciding five extra pounds is not sufficient in this year's season. July, getting a bike August getting laid off, getting braces back put on, um, 
September, just really trying to figure out how to make ends meet. October, finishing one book, starting a second book, moving to Ohio, November, uh, celebrating three holidays in the span of three days with three different aspects of my family into December now. And I just knew I could throw 2020 in the trash. And I'm sure you probably said, sis, here's a trash can. Just toss it out. You know, we're going to get it moved out. But then it dawned on me, while I may have started from the bottom, I am here. And my here is different from where I started, which led me to believe that I had grown. And no, it wasn't the growth that I thought it was. It wasn't the growth that I pictured. It's not the growth that's cute on Instagram. Trust me, I try to post it. It just was like, no, sis. But it was it was a growth that I needed. And so um, I kind of want to talk to you guys about that. And I want to sum it up in 10 things that I learned in 2020. And I hope these are things or tools or resources that you, A, have learned yourself and can share with other people or probably thought, man, I never thought of that. And, you know, let me operate in that. So let's get it started. So this list is not in any direct order. So um, naturally, I would have loved to be able to go in January, I learned, and in February, I learned. But half of my lessons didn't come until I was ready to open my eyes and see that it was a blessing and a lesson and not necessarily destruction or coming up against me. And so sometimes I learned about five lessons in one month, and I had to learn how to um, quickly accept it and then make, you know, move arounds for it. and. Um, quickly. <laughs> so this or this isn't in any order. However, um, I did want to give it to you as I wrote it down. So um, the 10 things that I learned in 2020 goes a little something like this. Number one, start anywhere. So I remember being in the gym with my girlfriends, I remember going out to dinner and just kept saying like, man, I really want to start a podcast. And if you know me, you know that I love to speak. I love education. I love training. Anything that keeps people moving forward, encouragement, uplifting, and just creating tools for happiness, excitement, and joy is everything that I love. And um, I thought that I could do that with my voice. Um, I do it all the time on the phone with my girlfriends. I do it all the time on the phone with the clients. I do it all the time with the cashier or just, you know, everyday walking. And, you know, I kept thinking to myself, man, I'd really love to start a podcast. And I listened to about 10 podcasts um, a day. I'm always on YouTube just trying to learn new ways to be creative. And I remember... (sighs) one of my girlfriends at the time saying, you know, podcasts aren't for everybody. And I kept thinking to myself, what does that even mean? Like, you know, I was like, yeah, I want to start a podcast. And she was just like, podcasts aren't for everybody. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, does that mean it's not for me or does that mean it's not for everybody? And when you say everybody, are you including me? And maybe I thought a little too in depth about it, but at that time, I just needed people who believed in me. I just, I needed to believe in me, you know? So um, I remember 
quickly deciding to never speak about things that I wanted to do with this particular person because it's like I can't be around dream killers. I need to be about people who be around people who are dream chasers. And um and that's what I am. I am a dream chaser. Like I do not just sit in my room and say, oh, quickest ways to do such such and such and such and just go do it. It's like, no, this was put on my heart. And no matter if I had 10 listeners, 15 listeners, 15,000 listeners, I knew whatever audience came to me was my audience and I was responsible for delivering what I said I would deliver on. So May 6th was the launch date of the Sincerely Shameless podcast. And at the time I had already had a podcast with someone else with my um, business partner. And I was like, man, I really want my own baby. You know, it's nothing like your own baby. So I was like, okay, how do I do this by myself? This is going to be different. So I remember sitting down for a month and just thinking about it. And then I put a date on it. And I said, today, this day, May 6th, you're going to start with what you have. And if you go back to season one, you can hear the growth through season two. And I want you to know that you can start anywhere and that no one expects perfection day one. But people do expect and appreciate progression. So all I had to do was start anywhere and keep going. I said that I was going to have X amount of episodes. I was going to talk about X amount of um, topics and that this was a start date. This was an end date. And whether I was sleepy, exhausted, work, busy, whatever it was, I didn't let those things come up against me because I decided that that's what I was going to do. So I want you to know that in this upcoming year and years to come, that you can start anywhere. It doesn't have to be perfect. You can start a business without the business plan. Just be sure to get you one. You know, you can start a podcast without a mic and you can do it from your phone with your AirPods and have excellent quality. Start anywhere. You can you can start doing hair in your kitchen and then upgrade to a salon. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect and it's not going to be perfect. So wipe the beads of sweat from your forehead. All right, number two, there is a difference between productive and busy. I think we all learned this when um, when Corona hit. I know for myself, January, I was shaking and moving. I was doing this, I was doing that. I was here, I was there. February hit, my birthday was going on. I got this, I got that. March hit, I was like, I'm still trying to be busy, but they telling me to go get paper towels and toilet paper. And it's just one person in my household and I don't even think I need it like that. But then as we were told to stay in our homes in self-quarantine, I realized that there was a lot of things that I was doing that just wasn't even necessary. It was just a part of the the day, you know, like it was a part of the hustle and bustle and the hustle and bustle unfortunately didn't yield much fruit. And so I decided in those times to remove those things that weren't yielding fruit. And then I realized I could be 10 times more productive and be 10 times less busy and still have a lot more free time to enjoy the things that I wanted to enjoy. So, you know, cutting through the busyness and actually becoming productive. Like I know, for example, I'm a person who loves to focus on a task. So I will sit down, cut my phone off. I will go sit in my room for three hours and knock out something that'll take eight hours to do. But because 
I'm not just operating in busyness, like on the phone, girl, da, 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 doing this, doing that. It became productive and it sharpened my focus. So thing number two, I learned, I don't know if I call it a thing, but yeah, thing number two or number, the number two thing that I learned was there is a significant difference in productive and busy. The third thing that I learned, um, ask yourself where you are. Um, I try to do monthly check-ins, but again, being caught up in a pandemic, you know, being laid off from my job, life just kind of happening full throttle, I didn't check in with myself. And um, it took until October for me to like finally check in and say, oh, wow, <laughs> girl, you are not okay. Um, and I had to ask myself, where, where, where are you? And it wasn't directionally or regionally. It was, where are you mentally? And a lot of times we confuse, where are you with who are you? I can be Sarah and be in a completely different headspace of Sarah. And that does not mean I'm no longer Sarah. I can be inspirational. I can be uplifting, kind, loving, gracious, and be in a season of torment. That that does not mean Sarah's tormented. That just means Sarah's in a season of torment. So um, I had to ask myself, where was I? Because where was where I was dictated how people understood who I was, though they were two different things. I am still very much so the same person, but that person can look a little different when that person is in a different season. And it looks a whole heck of a lot different if I'm in a different season and I am not aware that I'm in a different season. So it is okay to ask yourself, where are you? And it's important to ask yourself that often. And sometimes you might need a little bit of assistance from those who you care about and those who love you and just say, hey, am I still giving off, you know, the love that I normally would give and um, or do do I still come off as trustworthy? I'm still a safe place um, for you to speak to. And let me talk to you about where I where I'm at now and make those changes. So the third thing that I learned is um, ask yourself where you are. The fourth thing that I have learned in 2020 is never say never. Listen, you guys, I've heard it on every C, every single CV show. I've heard about it on like memes. I've heard other people say it. And I was like, surely never say never is just like some cliche saying, listen to me. I legit said when I was 14, it would take an act of God himself for me to move back to Ohio and actually live there. You guys, I am recording from Ohio and I live here. <laughs> I live here. It is so hilarious. I said it 16 years, what, 15, 16 years ago. And here I am. And not to say that never say never because it's bound to happen, but you just don't know. You know, you just don't know. And, um, it literally was an act of God. If it were not for my father, I would still be in Atlanta. Um, because who moves from Atlanta to Ohio? No one but me. 
Okay. So um, never say never, because let me tell you, the shock factor was 10 times harder. Um, So that was the fourth thing that I learned this year. Never say never. The fifth thing that I learned this year um, was have things, but don't let things have you. Um, I've learned this so many times, but when I say there, there, it can be the same lesson, just a different level. It is so real. Um, I just knew my last home in Atlanta was going to be like my home before I got married. I was like, okay, this is my home. I'm going to meet some fine brother. He's going to sweep me off my feet. We're going to build a house from the ground up in perimeter, of course. And then, you know, I'm going to keep my little apartment here so I can pull my Carrie Bradshaw, go right at my apartment. Tricks, you know, boom. And we're going to be married happily ever after. Boom, boom, boom. Of course, that is not how it went. Um, And in that moment, because I had already learned to not let things have me, but to have things like I have nice things. But if this time for me to let those things go, I am totally okay with letting them go. But on this level, it was tougher because this was my finality of things, right? Like this was like my like, this is my things for this singleness season. And then then I go into my marriage season. I get new things. No, 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 no. I had to give those things up and I had to be okay with being indefinitely unattached, right? And um, because this season has been so uncertain, right? Um, I had to learn to not be attached to things on another level, you know, on a whole nother level. Like I had learned it in a different season, Um, on a different level, but now I had to learn it on a heightened level. And um, had I let things have me and not the other way around, I wouldn't be here. So that was the fifth thing that I learned. It's okay to have things, but don't let things have you. The sixth thing that I learned was it's okay to rest. I don't know about y'all. I do not know about y'all. But honey, when stress comes, I get sleepy. I'm talking like I can have a whole stressful conversation at nine o'clock in the morning. And by 11 o'clock, I'm like, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to bed (laughs) because joy comes in the morning. Okay. And uh, the scripture didn't tell you which morning it was, but we're going to keep going to bed and get back up to see if it's this morning. Okay. It is okay to rest. Like literally it is okay to rest. Like when I used to hear that, I was like, oh, okay. Like I, like I need to go, go go like sit down and just like throw my head back. Like, no, rest is how you defined rest. Rest can be sitting on your couch and watching an episode of Girlfriends or The Game or literally crawling into your bed with your fuzzy socks on, your fuzzy robe, hair scarf, if you will, and go to sleep for like three hours because life can be mentally exhausting. I was never taught to rest. I come from a household of workers. Um, I was an entrepreneur at 12. I was working by 15. And this is the longest stint of not working I've experienced. And even in that, I'm finding ways to still find work. Like I'm working outside. I'm working in the house. I'm working in the kitchen. Work, 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 work. But I had to sit myself down and say, Sarah, it is okay to rest. It is okay to rest. No one, if no one else ever tells you that, I'm telling you that. And I want you to know when you rest, 
your brain rests, your body can rest and you can get up. And if and when that battle, because that battle is still going to be there. I've learned that one. It's still going to be staring you right in the face. You can then actually properly go up against it with all your might because it ain't nothing like fighting tired. Ask me how I know. Okay. So let's see. The Oh, to add on to that. When you rest, really, you can make better decisions. It's nothing like a sleepy decision. And like I said, it's nothing like fighting tired, you know. Um, So, yeah. Let's see. Mm, Number eight. Let's see. The eighth thing that I have learned was to embrace change. I know we always talk about change is good. Change is great. Change, change, change. Even when shot got to start to say change. But um, I don't think we've ever experienced a change like this, such as now. This change has our whole face be looking crazy. Because have you tried to apply makeup just from your cheeks up? I tried it. Because I knew I was going to have a mask on. And ain't nothing like a dirty mask with makeup on the inside and having to keep putting it on. And if you have challenged skin like myself, we can't even rock like that, okay? But embracing change is not looking for the normalcy and the new change, but understanding that that normalcy does not exist. Um, We keep thinking getting back to normal, getting back to normal. Our normal has forever been changed. And now this is what our change looks like. And for a minute, I kept trying to create a new normal, but really I just needed a new rhythm to operate within the change because the normal that we used to know, I don't see it. I'm not sure if it's ever coming back. And um, in order for us to combat it, we got to accept the change and move forward. So embrace change. Um, I want to say, is it that, y'all, I might have lost count. I have three more left, though. So maybe that's the eighth. All right. So the eighth, again, (laughs) share where you are. Um, Share where you are. You guys, I have learned this the hard way because I do not share where I'm at. Other than talking to you guys and making it sound really beautiful and sharing moments of vulnerabilities, I am not the person that's, you know, sitting with my girlfriends like, y'all, this is where I'm at. Like, I'm typically like, I'm going to handle this. I can knock it out. But it is okay to share where you are. And it's okay if it's not the best place. It is okay that it is not um, okay. You know, um, I, I've had plenty of conversations with my close friends and I've been like, Hey, today, um, all I really, I don't even have words for myself. Like I, <laughs> I remember picking up the call and all I could say was hello. And my girlfriend's like, what you got going? I was like, girl, I don't have words for myself. So I know I don't got no words for you, but I can listen. And it took me a minute for me to even conclude where I was. And I had to call her back the next day to say, Hey, this is where I'm at emotionally and mentally. And, this is my thought process and I'm trying to work through it, but I don't really know how to work through it. Do you got any tips and um, you, you got any, any advice? And, and I went from there, you know, and just, you got to let people know where you are. Now, of course, you don't go and shout it to the rooftop for everybody unless that's just what's in your heart. Let your core people know where you are because your core people should care enough and they care enough 
to assist you. And sometimes that assistance can be mental, emotional, physical, um, financial, spiritual, whatever that looks like. But sometimes you won't always know how to help you. And um, others may or may not. But sometimes I learn the best form of help is just sitting with me in it for a moment. And um, in that, it has helped me share exactly with where I am. And um, it has helped me in this podcast with you all um, in vulnerability. And, you know, one person's testimony is the next person's freedom. So share where you are. All right. Number nine, the ninth thing that I learned is... Ask for what you want and need. Listen, let me tell you, I think this is the second most valuable one because y'all, I am the one that will suffer (laughs) in silence. I will have one can of beans to eat and my girls be like, you good? I'm like, girl, I'm straight. I'm good. I'm good. But I realized that came from a long line of, um, of of daddy issues, of brokenness, yada, yada, yada. That's going to be season three, y'all. So don't you worry your little head off. But the fear of being rejected and the fear of being told no had hindered and has hindered me so much in asking for what I want and need and simply just saying like, okay, that's cute, but what I need is my rent paid or what I need is, um, you know, help moving, um, you know, or what I need is you to just be quiet and listen, you know, instead of just taking what people can offer. But coming up in my household, what was offered was all that was there. And it's, you know, you were rarely asked, what do you want? What do you want? Like, what do you want to eat? No, it was this what you eat and are you not eating at all? And so years of that has trained me into accepting what's on the table or just not coming from the table. And when you just see little to nothing on the table, the scraps, you 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 just kind of get used to just getting offered scraps and then doing the big work by yourself and suffering in silence. So um, I really want to speak to that a lot more, but I know I really think that season three is going to be able to open that whole thing up. But it's okay to ask for what you want and what you need. And rather the answer is no or yes, the need still exists. And um, I too have had to learn that the the hard way. I've had to learn how to say, I appreciate your prayers, but what I need is this. Or I appreciate um, your cupcake and your coffee cup, but what I really need is this. And it's not, it's not ungrateful. And it's, it's not about lacking gratitude, but it's about being transparent. And I battled with that in my mind for many, many years. Like, well, um, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to not accept the gift. I mean, I think it's a good gift, good gift, but it's not a good gift for me. Like, you know, you know, I, I can't do anything with it, but thinking like that made me feel like I was being ungrateful, but then also asking for what I need and being told no felt like rejection. So instead, that's cool. Just give it here and I'll find somewhere to put it. But that served who? 
no one. That didn't serve me because that's not something that I wanted or needed. That doesn't serve that other person, especially if they're a close friend and they think that they are operating in some form of knowing me based on what they got me. So it's okay to ask for what you want and what you need. In fact, it's beyond okay and and you should be asking for what you want and what you need. Tenth and final, count it all joy. Y'all know I was going to do that. Y'all know I was going to do it. Yes, indeed. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. The the layoff, that's fine. You might be going into entrepreneurship. The business shutdown, that's fine. You have a new invention coming around the corner. Um, The family member, that's fine because where there's death, there's life. There's new life. Um, You lost the boyfriend, girl. That is fine. You can get another one. You cut your hair, that's fine, it'll grow back. You grow your hair out, that's fine. You can add some more to it. You know, count it all joy. That is the one thing I have had to learn as well quickly, that no matter what the season looked like, and you guys trust me, I have days where I'm just sitting on my couch like, what in the world? What What in the world? On this earth, what in the world? <laughs> and then I look around and I start to say, thank you for the light bulb. Thank you for the books on the bookcase. Thank you for for blinds on um, the windows. Thank you for hot running water. Thank you for a throw blanket. Thank you for socks on my feet in this 30 degree weather in Ohio. Thank you for, you know, nails, nail beds, cuticles. Thank you for eyelashing to be able to keep, like I had to get that low on things that I thought were common and be grateful for them because it's still joy. So no matter what this season looks like, as we come to a close in 2020 and opening up 2021, count it all joy. Count it all joy. Y'all, that is my 10 things that I learned in 2020 list. All right, guys. Now, I couldn't do that episode or this episode without leaving you all with a woman of the week. And this week's woman of the week, I actually cannot um, give out her Instagram information because she does not have one. I also cannot give out her business information because she does not have a business. But you guys know how we honor our women of the week. It is based on a couple of really cool criteria. Either they are a mother, a daughter who is operating in excellence, an entrepreneur, a businesswoman, or just serving the community in just a multitude of different ways. And that week's, well, this week's woman of the week is my mom. (sighs) I'm kidding. You guys, let me tell you why my mom is this week's woman of the week. She is this week's woman of the week because she is the definition of never quitting. Though it looked like she quit, though it felt like she quit, y'all, every single day it felt like I was like, mom, you quitting? She's like, I know, y'all. I know. Though it felt like that, she never really quit. She always came back. She was a woman who got knocked down countless times. Like, we saw it. It's like, dang. But she would get back up. And um, I think that's what life is about. Falling in love with failure so that winning is just 
a part of it. You know, you got to fail to win. Everything that you produce isn't going to be A1 the first time around, but that's okay. And um, while my mother is a mother, she's a parent, she's a friend, she's a daughter, she's a sister, she's an aunt, she's a grandmother, but above all things, she never quit. She had her own battles, her own scars, her own wounds, and um, she never quit. So as we close out in 2020, and I go into the vault to kind of like revamp everything, um, I want you guys to remember these last moments of never quitting. Starting and done is better than waiting for perfect wins. Sometimes you got to start a thing anywhere and finish it just so that you know you started and finished and never quit. That's how you know you're winning. All right, y'all. I love you. I love you. I love you. I look forward to seeing you guys in about four weeks. We will launch the season three Sincerely Shameless podcast. I want to say January. Let me pull it up on my calendar. January 9th. Yes, indeed. I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas, an even better new year. I hope the vision parties are creative and um, amazing. I will see you guys in the new year. But above all things, be true to yourself and in everything. Absolutely, unapologetically shameless. You are now tuning in to the Sincerely Shameless podcast.